0: This is the Tom Bigby Tales, and I'm your host, Shannon Evans, and today's episode is called Mrs. Carpenter, Mrs. Carpenter. The Monroe Crypt is a 150-year-old plus mausoleum in Friendship Cemetery on the south side of Columbus. The cemetery is on the National Register, of historic places, and is considered a Mississippi landmark. However, it is outside what is called the Columbus Historic District, designated by the Mississippi Department of Archives and History and the National Register. What does that mean exactly? It means that Friendship Cemetery does not qualify for any what are called certified local government communities grants. CLG, or communities, the certified local government, is a prize designation our historic district from the river to the Mississippi University for Women's eastern border and from downtown to the 8th Avenue and the CNG Railroad track that runs behind the old Marble Works building and continues all the way east behind the university's campus. This area is considered the historic district of Columbus. Friendship Cemetery is a five-acre parcel of land along the river and established by the Independent Order of the Oddfellows in 1849. It is located on Old St. John Street, now called 4th Street South, and bordered on the north by 12th Avenue South and on the south end by 16th Avenue South. Clearly, it is beyond the Historic District and the CLG Grant Inclusion Area. The Margaret Monroe Crypt is in the front of that cemetery and not far from the grave of General Stephen D. Lee or the family plot of Maria and Gray Chandler. Mrs. Margaret Boyle Monroe was a seamstress from Pennsylvania who married a Scottish plasterer named William Monroe and they moved to Columbus sometime in the mid-1850s where she was instrumental in the construction of the Catholic Church during the Civil War. Prior to that time, there was no official Catholic Church, and the families met in individual homes, and there was a visiting priest. The church itself, once once created, was dedicated the same year Monroe died, in 1869, at the age of 42. Her crypt was built to resemble the church. School children, brave enough to look in the crypt at twilight, would often call out, Mrs. Monroe, Mrs. Monroe, what are you doing? And she would always answer nothing, nothing at all. It's a local legend that has has become quite popular over the years with various groups of preteens and teens. The crypt is built entirely of brick and has been in poor condition for many years when Carol Bogus, a local physician's wife and historic homeowner, decided to tackle its restoration. She was told by a local mason it would cost about $25,000 to restore the mausoleum, as well as the plaster on the mausoleum on the interior. According to a May 2022 article in the Dispatch, Bogus partnered with the Columbus Cultural Heritage Foundation because she needed a 501c3 to be an umbrella for fundraising for the crypt. That is when entering into the picture comes Nancy Carpenter of the Columbus Visitors Bureau and the Columbus Cultural Heritage Foundation, who told the Dispatch that several thousand dollars had already been raised and solicited more den- donations to be sent to the foundation, earmarked for the Monroe Crip Fund. I found nothing more written about the Crip or fundraising for it online in 2022. There is nothing on the Visit Columbus website for fundraising, uh, not on the CVB slash foundation website, which is a shared website. The Facebook page has absolutely no mention whatsoever of the crypts or the fundraising efforts for 2022 or 2023. There is an article dated March 18th of 2023 in the dispatch promoting a Columbus Garden Club fundraising event. The tickets were $25 and prior to the event, Bogus states in the article, the crypt group had already collected $12,500 in donations. So far, all monies were in a restricted account at the foundation. Bogus then states that a grant was being applied for with MDAH by the City of Columbus. Fast forward to September of 2023 and the end of year meeting where the CEO's annual review was being held. CVB CEO Carpenter. Aware of the Tom Bigby Tales podcast, raising questions about her lack of leadership and failure to promote tourism in Columbus, reached out to community members whom she had previously been directly responsible to their grant awards for specific pet projects. Two of those were present that day and spoke out in support. They would be Leroy Brooks and Kareem Kabir despite previously calling carpenter names and questioning her leadership in previous years over those same grants this was addressed in several earlier episodes of this podcast despite those dis, despite those discussions both brooks and kabir kareem gave very positive glowing statements about carpenter at that meeting. The third person present who provided a testament on Carpenter's behalf in written form was Carol was Carol Bogus. Her letter reads as follows, and I'm going to read this, so bear with me. Okay. Dear CVB board, please allow me to make a few statements regarding Columbus Pilgrimage from a non-political homeowner's point of view. I have been a docent of historical home tours for 43 years because it highlights the unique aspects and history of Columbus. The years Nancy Carpenter was in charge were the best years of organization. In the last few years, many of the historic homeowners thought that they should resume control. Numbers of tourists have been decreasing, and they blame Nancy for all their woes. At one of their historic home meetings, several of them penned a letter stating that their homes were to be removed from any CVB advertising. They asked if I wanted to participate, but I declined. To my knowledge, that letter has has been, has been not been rescinded in writing. At that time, I offered Whitehall, which is her home, to be available for advertisement for Columbus as a public service. Any remuneration is used for charitable causes or historic home maintenance. Our desire is to help our town. As far as declining numbers of historic home visitors to Columbus are concerned, I believe that young people have very little interest in American history because of distortions of our country's past by the Internet, national news media, and poor education system. A segment of older tourists still enjoys historic home tours. But with all the possible vacation choices, Columbus numbers are down. I believe this is also true in other cities and towns throughout the country, but predominantly in the southern United States. None of this is caused by Nancy Carpenter. I believe personal attacks of her leadership are unwarranted. Sincerely, signed Carol Bogus. What is interesting to note about this letter is that she claims that historic home tourism is down all over the country, especially in the South. A statement so easily disputed, Within our own state in that very same week was uh Natchez was inundated with motor coaches filled to the brim with full with fall pilgrimage visitors, as well as cruise ships that cruise the Mississippi River specifically for historic tours and events. The East Coast growth of historic home tours, as measured by the National Trust for historic preservation, is increasing at roughly 6% per year, rather than decreasing over the last 15 years, as attested to by Bogus. While Bogus's pleas were presumably heartfelt, it was not based in any research or fact, and was merely her way of perhaps assuaging her friend, who is also now managing the fund where the donations for her pet project, the Monroe Crip, now resides at the foundation over which Carpenter is the director. The meeting quickly went into executive session where that letter would presumably be presented to the CVB board. Unfortunately, a board member had a medical emergency and the meeting was suspended until the next week. In the meantime, Carpenter attended the next MDAH board meeting, A board she sits on, the board that was voting on awarding the latest statewide preservation grants. One of these grants, coincidentally, was the Monroe Crypt Preservation CLG grant. Surprise, surprise, the crypt was awarded a $10,000 CLG grant for a renovation project not in a CLG designated area. Who wrote the grant? Allegedly, it was done by someone at the city, per Carpenter's own comments in an earlier uh, dispatch article. However, I can't imagine any of the city writers not knowing that the crypt is in Friendship Cemetery and over three blocks outside the CLG designated boundaries. Did Carpenter push through a grant at the MDAH knowing it did not qualify for the CLG application requirements? Did she knowingly endanger Columbus's CLG status and potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars in future grants for the community over her own personal interest? Would it even mildly surprise you if she did? Was this a case of quid pro quo? A you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours? I certainly hope not. Once down in Jackson at MDAH meetings, does Carpenter remove herself from the discussions and the vote? Does she even know the meaning of the phrase conflict of interest? But I have so many more questions. Per the grant's application, did the foundation have matching funds for the 10K grant awarded? Or was it a case of a grant that only required a 20% match? Per Carpenter, the Monroe restricted account only had $9,745 in that account in September of 2023. To that 12K balance, <clears throat> excuse me, what happened to that 12K balance? bogus previously alluded to in a March 2023 dispatch article. Were there recent expenses since that article of almost three thousand dollars? Wouldn't the grant have only been that nine thousand seven hundred forty not uh nine thousand seven hundred forty five dollars instead of the ten k if it was a hundred percent match? That match had to be pre awarded for the MDAH website per the grant application, the recipient should, quote, be prepared to cover all project costs prior to receiving reimbursement. How did Carpenter intend to deal with that requirement where there is not only the match and the job is supposed to cost $25,000 to complete? The work has already begun on the project and the memorandum of understanding has supposedly not even gone out yet why they have until december 1st 2026 to complete the project so why did they start it before they had their memorandum of understanding as required by the grant additionally a mandatory meeting slash training in february must be attended prior to the start of the grant cycle and the work per part two of the application grants the Property must be located in a CLG district, and work cannot begin until after that February meeting. Did Carpenter get a dispensation of those rules? I doubt it, as they are fairly strict. More importantly, the work currently in progress ignores one of the strictest rules of all. Work must be done by a certified restoration professional. They won't pay out for work that does not meet professional standards. The current person on the Munro Restoration is a local handyman and a local brick mason. Both are great guys. Both are hard workers. Both are in over their heads on this project. The second most important piece of this grant that is not being addressed is the Preservation and Maintenance Covenant, which requires a 25-year commitment for continued preservation and maintenance of the project after it is completed. Carpenter will be long gone from both the CVB and the foundation by then. What long-term plan has the foundation board put in place for this important part of the grant? And finally, what is the public benefit of using public funding for the crypt, especially since it is so far outside the CLG boundaries? These grants were designed to preserve critical historic features and encourage a building's preservation and use. Since that crypt is clearly does not qualify under the CLG preservation guidelines, I feel like the community should ask Mrs. Carpenter, Mrs. Carpenter, what are you doing? Unlike Mrs. Monroe, I feel certain Mrs. Carpenter will never respond. I want to thank you for coming to my little podcast, The Tom Bigby Tales. I'm Shannon Evans. Until next time.